Thanks, guys. Hey, stay standing and let, let's just pray. God, we want to welcome you here today. We, we just love you. We thank you for your presence here. Father God, we just pray, Father, as we hear the word. Father, we pray it would minister to us. Let's do life here. We don't want to do religion. Father God, we want to do life. So God, fill us today. Fill us afresh. Come on, somebody. Fill us afresh, God. We're hungry for what you want to do. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, you look better than you did last week. How are you? Cool. I think that was funny, Josh, getting up and, of course, having his awkward moment as it started. Don't worry about awkward moments. We have all plenty of awkward moments in our, uh, in our church. It just, I was telling uh, Lynn, it reminded me of uh, one of our uh, uh, moments that we had. We had the opportunity of having Bobby Houston from Hillsong come to our church. And so we were all pumped about that and we wanted to be perfect. So how'd you, how'd you get to come? Well, just somebody went to school with us. So I said, oh, can you ask her as an old school mate? And she said, yes. So I'm like, cool. And, and she came and so we wanted it to be perfect and uh, get everything right and uh, whatever. And we'd plan and we work hard and we practice and we practice and we practice some more. And, uh, and of course, the, uh, the band gets up and we've got it pumping the place is packed and just as we, we start the worship team goes and they started in the complete wrong key and the worship leaders trying to sing and everybody's like what is going on and so we had to just go stop stop restart restart so so we know what those might don't worry about that come on let's give it up for josh and the team no problem I know what it's like. You've got a guest speaker coming. You want it to be awesome. And uh, hey, but when stuff goes wrong, stuff happens. We spent 11 years in India. I'm used to power going off. I'm used to all types of things uh, happening. So I'm great, great to have my lovely wife here, Anita, who is from India. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So uh, give, a, give a wave there. Just stand up and give them a wave. And So she's glad to be here. You know, it's so good to hear what you're doing, the community, doing the thing with the police there. That's fan, uh, fantastic. Uh, we've got a church also in Ōtaki, so we have one in Praparam, we have another one in um, Ōtaki, and, and so our latest or newest pastor there is actually the local policeman, and so we've put him in as a lay pastor, and so he, he can baptize you on Sunday and then arrest you on, uh, uh, arrest you on Monday, and he has actually done that uh, to one of our, <laughs> to one of our uh, people. But he's also let people out of the cells on a Saturday morning and said, hey, you want to go to church? And they've gone, yes. And one of our great helpers in the church was a guy who he'd arrested the night before, came into church, got saved, got healed, and is now working hard out in the church. So it's great to hear that you're reaching out to uh, the community like that. So absolutely uh, fantastic. And so Grant and Debbie, the most amazing wife, Debbie, in the world. Uh, um, great for us to... Yeah. Oh, great. What did I call him? What did I call him? Grant. Who the heck's Grant? I don't know who Grant is. I've, got, I've even got it written here, Glenn. Do you know, I've just told Chris, but <laughs> this is my first time in Rangiora, by the way, so I want to be able to come again. <laughs> Second time to apologize. <laughs> But I was just saying to Christy, uh, well, I was nearly calling him again. <laughs> again. I, when I first heard his name, uh, they told me this is Christiath. So I thought that was his name, Christiath. So I've been calling him Christiath up until yesterday for like a couple of years now. And I finally figured out, oh, his name's Chris. And his last, it's like calling me, hi, Adam White. Uh, I mean, so I just finally figured out and then I call you Grant. <laughs> oh. Another awkward moment right uh, right there. But hey, look, so glad to uh, be here. And thanks, uh, Glenn and uh, Debbie, the most amazing wife, for having us here. Absolutely fantastic. Peter and Lynn, uh, for your hospitality and looking after us. Of course, we're uh, serving on the ALT and uh, so fantastic uh, help to us. And uh, can we give it up for this great couple? They're, they're awesome and been praying for you. So fantastic. And 
Uh, uh, of course, Jared here, high energy Jared. Um, he was up on the Kapiti Coast uh, uh, last week uh, with us and uh, just visioning up for the uh, youth of new life, which is uh, fantastic. And so I always love coming around uh, new life churches around the uh, nation. I don't know whether you're aware, but every, uh, every Sunday, just like this right now, right across the nation, 10,000 people just like you are gathering in new life churches, praising God. And so I love to be able to come around and to uh, see what God is doing in different parts of the uh, nation. It really is uh, exciting. And so th- there's a lot of momentum gathering in the movement at the moment and it's it's really exciting just a couple of weeks ago we were together with Chris in um, in Rotorua and just seeing had 200 uh, uh, leaders from around that area gathered another 100 the next day after that in Manawatu and, and I want to tell you God is doing some fan, uh, fantastic things it's been a great year we had our biggest uh, conference ever even though we had some hiccups the speaker cancelled just uh, before it was meant to go on so we managed to get Joel Abel from Hillsong who turned out, I think, to be better than the speaker who was uh, uh, coming. So that was uh, uh, fantastic. And of course, we've also had uh, this year our storm camps uh, uh, happening, which was we had over a thousand young people uh, from uh, different places all get together across camps right across the country. And God did some amazing, powerful things at those times. And of course, you just had your first storm camp. Uh, Well done. Put your hands together. Come on, South Island. You've got to understand, I'm a Pentecostal. I need some feedback. It gets scary up here, I can tell you. So, so um, we, <clears throat> we just had a fantastic uh, time. And, and never underestimate the influence that those, those uh, camps can have. We had a baptism service just a little while uh, back. And most of the people who were baptized there had got, got saved at Storm Camp. And uh, so it was like an advertisement for Storm Camp. So how, how, how many want to believe God for souls to be saved? Se- send your kids to Storm Camp. Allow them to... Uh, Bring their friends and that'll be, thank you, Jared. And uh, uh, that will see some uh, tremendous things happen. Of course, we also, you were a part of our Ignite Tour where we saw 3,500 people uh, come together, culminating in the Vodafone Event Center uh, in Auckland. And we just had a real party uh, party time there. But God is doing something absolutely fantastic uh, in the movement. And, and on that day, we actually filled this auditorium twice, which was, and it saw Soul Say, and people's uh, lives change. So God really is doing some amazing things. And I want to say a thank you to you also for your help. I know uh, for the money that was raised just a, a few weeks ago for uh, uh, the situation going on there in Iraq. And uh, believe it or not, I was just sharing this uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago with some of our team and my administrator said, oh no, it's not 30,000 anymore. We're close to 40,000. Uh, God, so put, let's put our hands together for that. And uh, I like to celebrate. I like to have have party time and so it's just fantastic uh, what God has uh, done in uh, that and so we've been able to again buy a thousand packs to help families who are really battling through some stuff with ISIS and all that type of things and so we've got our conference uh, coming up at Rotorua Convention Center and I just lost the uh, uh, feed there so I need some Oh, it's back. So uh, uh, coming up and so you're all invited turn to the person next to you and say you're invited we want, we, want you, we want you there. We've got some great speakers. I think this guy's I heard, is incredible. He's going to be amazing. We've also got some other good speakers too. We've got Pastor Russell Evans uh, coming from Planet Shakers, who I know will be uh, a blessing and, is a, and will be a great encouragement. Also, Jim and Tamara Craft and Joel Kay from uh, Australia. So that's uh, fantastic. Turn to the person next to you and say, I think I can bring more people than you. I, I, I bet you. Come on. <laughs> Go on. And, um, you know, it's a great opportunity for us to gather to gather the 10,000 and to see God do something really uh, significant. So uh, for us, it's about advancing the kingdom with purpose and passion. That's right. And that's what we want to do right across uh, this nation. So I also want to bring you greetings from the uh, Meadows Church, from which we're uh, uh, part of on the Kapiti Coast. We're seeing God do some amazing things at the moment. How many love miracles? Yeah. 
about four of you. I said, how many love miracles? Come on, give me a wave. We, we, we were seeing, because, uh, you know, I don't always want to talk about what God did yesteryear and all that. He did some, but it's what He's doing today. And so we're in for us as a church, and I can't help but share this. I've got to share it because God, God is so incredible what's happening. And a few years ago, a millionaire businessman gave us 50 acres of property that we've been able to develop. And I know you're believing God for property. I want to speak that breakthrough uh, over you. And he came and he gave it to us. And so we've developed that and uh, put a subdivision on it. And we've got uh, uh, our streets, a sovereign way and harvest court and realm drive and uh, crown hill, you know, and hallelujah road. No, there's no hallelujah road. So, uh, but but we, 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 we've named all the streets, but we got to a place where there was about 15 acres left. And we're like, what are we going to do with this? And so a few years ago, we went and changed and rezoned it to commercial, and that cost us $300,000, and we saw the money come through for that, and God just did that. But then it was like, man, we've got to develop this, and then we, we priced it. How much is it going to cost to develop? And when we did that five years ago, it was going to cost $700,000. So project on hold, please. Project on hold, we don't have $700,000. People say, well, how much have you got? We've got nothing. We've got nothing. So we really needed to see God come through. Well, last week he came through. Last week he came through. We've been having the motorway, uh, uh, what's called the Western uh, uh, Link Road, which is right next to our property coming through. And the motorway's been coming, th- coming through and they've been going hard out. I mean, they're going crazy building it. But here's the thing. They don't have any sand. Guess what? We have sand. Rotorua is calling now Prince of Persia because i got a lot of sand on that 15 acres. And so they approached us and came and said, well, can we take your sand? Well, if you want to take our sand, would you form all our land, do all our landscaping, build all our lakes that we need to put on it and uh, pretty it all up and make it real nice? And, And they said, yes. We'll do all of that. And I remember sitting in this boardroom with all these big shot executives and uh, highway bosses and number crunches and, and things. And they're talking to uh, me. And I, I was telling Lynn yesterday, I was like, I, I went into the vortex. You know how you sort of go, you pull out of the moment. And you're, you're watching all these guys leaning into the table going. And I, and I was looking around and I was talking to myself inside the vortex. And I went, I think I'm in the middle of a miracle. <laughs> then I was back in the room. And so they've, they've agreed to come in and do this uh, for us. And it really is, that's our property uh, there. This is our existing church. So they're coming in, there's the motorway there, and they're going to come in, build our lakes, do all our work in here, landscape it all, get it all planted, remove about 34000 And how much is it going to cost us? Nothing. Absolutely Nothing. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about that. And, and so I think it, it's absolutely cool. And that's not all. <laughs> and that's not all, folks. If you order it, no. The, the, the thing is that this week we had another meeting and there was a, a, a Chinese uh, guy there. He was number cruncher. And he said, I'm not if you're a Chinese here. I apologize in advance. But he's like number cruncher. And he's like doing all the work and uh, getting it ready. And, we're, and, and we were just putting all these proposals to him. Well, you need to do this as well, and you need to do that. And I said, I want a really nice fence along the front of our property, boarding the road. And he's like, how long that distance? I, 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 I said, he worked out. He got his abacus. No, he didn't have an abacus. But there, there, he walked it out, but it was about 82 meters. He said, oh, that's going to cost $15,000. $15,000 for that. And, 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 and then, then he said, well, how are we going to do that? I don't know if we can do that. And then they said, well, it's for the church. Oh, it's for the church. Oh, Adam, don't worry. For the church, it's done. You don't worry. You don't worry. It's done. He was my Catholic brother from another mother. And he was like, he just wanted to do something for God. And there, the, all the other guys around the table says, he gives nothing to nobody. So, I mean, he was, that, that was cool. So we've seen God do some incredible things. So I pray for this house right now. I pray for Thrive right here in Rangiora, Father God, a breakthrough of land, a breakthrough. Father God, you speak. Father God, you open up. Father God, let there be a miracle in the house. Let there be a miracle, Father God, as they step into their Jordan. Father, I pray things would open up. And you would open up a way in Jesus' mighty name. And all the good people in the house said, amen, amen. amen. Hallelujah. I want to speak that over this place. Why, I always say this. Why not us? 
Why, not, why is it always going to happen to someone else? Why not, a, why not us at Thrive, Rangiora? Come on, somebody. Why, why can't God do a miracle for us? And the reality is He can. He can do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to His power. That is at work within us. So we're pretty excited. You ready for the Word? That's just my introduction. But I've got something that I pray will encourage you uh, uh, today as we go through. I want to start by reading this passage in Luke. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. And it says this. Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom. He has sent me to proclaim Freedom, freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. The message I want to give you today, I've called Tap the Cage. Everybody say Tap the Cage. I heard this story a while back about a boy growing up, an American boy in Japan, he was growing up, his father was a, a Marine and it was after the Second World War. And so he was there in Japan on one of the American bases there. And of course the bases were just like a, a mini America really. They had houses like America, fast food chains like America. And so as a boy, he always used to love being able to go out and see the countryside, to see the real Japan. And so one day his father took him out on their motorbike Away they went uh, through the countryside and they came to a place where there was a large hill. And so they climbed that hill like a mountain, went up to the top. And if you've been to uh, Asia, you'll know, well, even in New Zealand, there will be places where, where you can do a view, where there's a lookout, where there's a, a scenic lookout, a place to, to see what the, the, the vista of that which was below them. And so they get up and they stop at the top of this vista. They go up there and wow, they could see the valley that was all the way down there. And it looked amazing. Now in Asia, when any time you stop in those type of places, there's always people there selling stuff. Always. There'll be people selling all types of things and wares. And this place was no different. And so as this boy was running along and uh, seeing what was there, there was a man there selling uh, some birds in, in cages. And he, he was like, oh, Dad, Dad, can I have a bird? Can I get one of those birds? I, I, I want one, I want one, I want one, I want one. And dad's like, well, how much is it, son? And so he goes over there and he, and he says to the man, how much is it? And the guy's like, ding, chavo, so, so. I don't know that sort of Chinese, but I just pretend it's Japanese. So he goes like that, how much is it? And it works out about five yen. Five yen. He said, oh, dad, can I have it? Can I have it? Can I have it? And he said, sure, son, you take it. And so, so what does he do? He buys it and he's carrying it away. And as he left, the guy said, ding, chavo, so. He's like, well, what, what, what are you saying? He's like, when you're finished, bring the cage back. He's like, what do you mean when I'm finished, bring the cage back? And then he realized what he'd done, he hadn't bought the bird. What he had bought was the bird's freedom. And so everyone was buying the cage and they were taking it and then opening it and standing by the vista, looking over there and allowing the bird to go free. And he's like, oh man, I thought this was going to be my pet. But he said, okay, I better do that. And so he came up, went up to the edge of the cliff, opened the cage door, tapped it a bit. The bird flew off the perch to the edge of the cage, flew back in, then flew back to the edge of the cage. And then he just gave it a little tap and away the bird flew. It flew out and flew around just as to say, thanks, mate. And then flew off, never to be seen again. As followers of Christ, as followers of Jesus, I believe that we are to be a people who are called to open doors and tap cages. Come on, I'm preaching good this morning. I believe we're called to open doors and tap the cage. I believe, like Jesus, we're, we're to be ones who help 
set people free. We're to be ones who help people fly. You know, if you're responsible for leading anything in the life of the church or a department of the church, someone has given you at some stage, either Glenn or somebody else has given you authority to be able to do that. But the reality is here, all of us have a measure of authority. Every single person here has a measure of authority. If you're a mum or a dad, you have a measure, although you don't maybe feel like it sometimes, you have a measure of authority with the, with the kids. And maybe if you're an older brother, and maybe the younger brother doesn't agree with this, but there is a measure, you know, Josh, there's a measure, I want to tell you, there was a measure of authority as an older brother. To, 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 do you hear this, Jared? No, no, no. But if you're a life group leader or any type of person with some type of responsibility, there is a measure of authority that we all have. You may be a business owner today. You maybe have employees or you may be in charge of a team in your business or whatever it is. But all of us here will have some measure of authority. But here's the thing. It's how we use that authority. It's how we use that authority that is really important. In 2 Corinthians 13, verse 10, Paul, writing to the Corinthian church, he said this. He said, For this reason I am writing these things while absent, so that when present I need not use, I need not use severity, in accordance with the authority which the Lord gave me, listen, for building up and not for tearing down, for building up and not for tearing down. Why did God give Paul authority for and not for? For and not for? That's what he gave his authority for, to build people up, not for tearing them down. So what should I use my authority for to build up? to build others up, not to tear people down. So our God-given authority is for, is for doing exactly that. And if, if we use, if we use our spiritual authority correctly, you will be surprised what can take place. You will be surprised at what can open up. Now, I don't know about you, but over the years I've met some believers who consider tearing down their spiritual ministry. They, they see it like, a, have you met people like that? Not down in Rangiora, wow, that's, um, you probably don't, you probably don't, you're not sitting next to them, no, I, I won't say that. But the, the thing is weird, that was a joke, Mm-mm, didn't work, okay, never mind, I'll. But I, I, I've met people who consider it their spiritual ministry to tear others down, like it's their, their, this, is, this is my ministry to rip into others. This is my ministry to, to point out everything that's wrong with this or uh, uh, wrong with that. Amen, that's, that's like a Kiwi thing sometimes. But why did God give us authority? Not to pull people down, but to build people up. He gave us that authority to build up and not to tear down. Somebody say amen. amen. And so if you want to use that authority correctly, you must use it for that purpose to build up and not to tear down. Because friends, if we understand this, we can change people's lives. When we get this inside of us, we, 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 we've got to realize we can change people's destiny. We can change how people's walk. We can change their lives when we, when we understand this. Like the, 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 the little girl who gets up on a stage and she's got to do a memory verse and she stands up and she's, uh, little Iriako is nervous and she's stressed out because she's got to do a memory verse in front of all the people and sometimes she looks scary and so she's standing up there and she goes, He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God and Christ. And then she's like, oh, thank you. And then people clap. And, and, and But how many know when she sits down, her friends are going to go, that's awesome. That's great. That's great. And it's great to have your friends doing it. But when we use our authority as, if you like, as grown-ups or as leaders and we come up and we can speak things into 
their life. If I had the pastor go to little Iriaka afterwards and say, Iriaka, can I speak to you? And she says, yes, pastor. And I, I go to her and I, I, I say, do you know, thank you so much for speaking my life verse. Thank you so much for reminding me that, 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 that he became my righteousness. You know, I'd forgot, I'd had a tough week this week. And, and, and you just reminded me, Iriaka, uh, of what God has done for me. I want to just say, you're awesome. How many know Iriaka's going to know? She's not going to walk out of church. She's, I believe I can fly. I believe. I mean, we, we know she's going to go out. And, and, and affect the world because why? Why? Because we've built her up, not torn her down. It's going to fuel her. You know, it's one thing, you know, we, we, we all know this. We, it's one thing when, when somebody says to us, that's awesome. But when someone in authority can say that to us, it can, it can fuel us to a whole nother level. You know, it's one thing if somebody says, hey, well done. It's another thing. You've all seen those movies. They're in the control room. We're at DEPTHCOM 1. And then they save the day. And then they're all in there and they celebrate and they clap because it's an American movie. And they've just won the day and suddenly the telephone call comes in. Picks it up. And the guy's like, hmm, it's the president. So he goes over and he picks it up and the president goes, I just want to say, well done. Well done. Great job today. How many know when something like that happens, if Prime Minister John Key, no matter what your politics is, calls you and say, good on you, mate. How many know you're going to walk a little bit differently? Probably not like that, but uh, you'll, you'll walk a little bit differently today. There'll be a bit of a spring in your step. We should use our authority to build up. And I'll tell you, life's hard enough. Life throws enough challenges at us. We, we need people who, do, who will speak. We need people who will tap our cage. Come on, somebody. We need people who will open up the way. Come on. See, here's the thing. Some people use their authority. They see their authority as something to use to control. See, a lot of people see their authority as something to, to use to keep people in their cage to keep people bound up, to keep people locked up rather than set people free. We need to be ones in, in the church. And I, 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 we've got to be people in the church who, who speak to the potential of people rather than the problems of people. It's so important. You know, when you see a puppy, a little, a little puppy in it, it's got big paws. It's got big paws. What does that say, say to you about the puppy? Well, it's going to be a big dog. And you see, some of us need to uh, take count of that and start seeing the big paws on people and start speaking, you're going to be a big dog. You're going to do something amazing. You're going to do something incredible. I can see it in you. It might not be now. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding. I, 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 I can see something in you. I can see some potential in you. Yeah, you're small right now, but I can see those big paws. Come on, somebody. I can see those big paws. God's going to do powerful things. And you, we need to be ones who will swap potential, who are ones who will call out potential who spot the pause, the pause in people's lives and then call it out. Call it out. That's what Jesus did. That's what he did when he called his disciples in Mark chapter 6, verses 3 through 17. It says, and he appointed the 12, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter. What does Peter mean? Rock. Way before there was a movie star named Rock, there was a guy named Peter who was a rock. He's like, you're rock. Yeah, man, I rock. That's how it is. That's how I roll. And then it says, and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to them he gave them the name Bonagoras. Oh, that's not very exciting. <laughs> you're going to be Bonagoras. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. But then he told them what it meant. And Bonagoras means this, sons of thunder. Man, I think that's a pretty cool name. Man, you're not just my name. You are the sons of thunder. 
How many know they're going to walk a little bit uh, different when they come into the room? They aren't coming in the thunder, thunder. They're coming in, they're coming in solid, they're coming, come on somebody, they're coming in. I mean, I see this, you know, we're looking like we've got some sons of thunder right here, amen, come on. Come on, you've got to build them up now. <laughs> we've got some sons of thunder right here. Jesus called it out of them. John Steele, how many know John Steele? Anyone know John Steele here? He was a, I said John Steele, great man, great man of God. He would always say to me, because he was my senior pastor, uh, before I took over in the Meadows Church, which we're looking after. Now, he would, he would always say to me, Adam, you're a champion. Adam, you can do it. And we need that even when we don't feel like we're a champion. Because he'd say, you're a champion. I'm like, who are you talking to? And so you can do things. God has got a great plan, plan for you. I can see. We've got to say this because we always hear negative stuff all the time. We're always hearing what we can't do. Come on, I'm preaching good. Uh, we're always hearing what, what the obstacles are. We're always hearing well, what's going wrong. But he was able to, to, to speak to us and speak to me and speak to my heart and say, you're a champion. You're a king. You're a, you're a priest. God's going to do his stuff. And he, he would talk to me about the leadership of this movement. And, and, and friends, it took him about two years of calling me a champion, saying, you can't do it. Before I, could, before I could take it on. Before I actually started to believe, wow, maybe God, if he can see it, if this man of God can see it in me. Just maybe, if he can see my, my puppy paws. I'm a cute puppy. But if he can see my puppy paws, maybe, maybe he can see something. Uh, <laughs> I ain't no chihuahua, right? Yeah, that's right. I ain't no chihuahua. <laughs> and I'm not a poodle. But friends, we got to search. <laughs> Who is that guy? <laughs> Security, remove him. Yeah, he, oh, he is security. He's in charge of security. <laughs> Friends, when we understand that, when he started to call that out, there was a place in me where I actually started to believe that maybe God could just use me. Maybe God could just uh, take my life and, and, and make it uh, something great for his glory and for his honor and for his praise. And maybe uh, 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 that, that same thing I can now do, that thing which he's done in me, I can do now and begin to be able to come into places like this and say, man, there's a breakthrough anointing on here. Let's believe God for a miracle. Let's allow God to do what he wants to do. What was John Steele doing all of that time? All that time he was calling me a champion. Well, he was, he was tapping on my cage. He was tapping on my cage. He was saying, you can do it. Come on, the world is open to you. Choose a person next to you and say, you've got to tap on somebody's cage. Come on. Go on. See, I'm giving you a call today to be cage fighters. Oh, Yeah good play on words. I'm calling you to be cage fighters. You've got to be ones who, who sometimes we've got to tap on our own cage, but I'm calling you in this church. Don't be, you know, I, I know what church, church life is like. And sometimes we can, we can go through life and we're like, well, that wasn't really good. And I didn't like this and I didn't like that. And I think we should do this. But what, 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 what it would be like if we were a church that we started tapping cage? Man, the service was awesome this morning. Who cares what went wrong? Who cares whatever? Well, it was great. The presence of God was really strong. I believe, therefore, I speak and begin to declare things. I'm believing God for a significant uh, uh, work. Maybe I, I, I can't see, see it yet. That land, that stuff, but I'm, I, I'm believing. I, I tell you, for our land, that, 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 all those hectares there, I knew it was there. I knew it was coming. I said, something's going to open up. And I had people with number crunches and all type of people said, nothing's going to happen. They've already planned the motorway. It's all over, mate. It's not going to happen. So I said, no, I believe something is going to open up. Something is going to happen. And you know how it happened? I'll tell you how it happened. Do you want to hear it? I'm going to tell you anyway. Here, here it is. You know, they, they, when they were surveying for the motorway, they flew a plane across it with a thing called a, a LIDAR, and that was just shooting beams down to, beams down to the ground. 
And there was a and building a 3D picture of the ground. But of course, we had prickles and gorse and blackberry that was about one and a half meters high. And so their lidar was hitting the top of the gorse, telling them that was the land, where actually it was all the way about one and a half meters down. So nobody bothered to check it. You can't trust technology these days. And so they went down, nobody bothered to check it. And so uh, when they went to uh, uh, do the stuff, they realized, uh-oh, we're 72,000 cubic meters short, aren't we? We got ourselves a problem. And so, they, of course, we, we were only too happy. They ended up with no sand, and we, we had heaps of sand. And anyway, we don't want that sand because the Bible says don't build your house on the sand. Better we send it on to the motorway, and they can have it. Oh, I'm never going to curse Blackberry again. Blackberry's been an awesome thing for us. We've got to be case fighters. We've got to be ones who speak and open others' doors. We've got to be ones who tap on others' cages and say, come on, you can do it. You, there is something powerful in your life. God has an amazing thing. And, and maybe like that boy, it's going to cost you something. Maybe $5, maybe some time, maybe some energy, maybe, maybe some effort. But friends, I want to tell you, we are called to do that. Jesus came to proclaim freedom. Come on, somebody. He came to set prisoners free. We need to be about the Father's business. We need to be in the business of setting people free, not locking them up. And see, I want to say to this, don't be one of those people. I know there's probably none here, but there's plenty on the North Island. Don't be one of those people who looks at others and goes, they're not ready yet. No, no, they're not ready yet. Got a lot more work to do yet. Now, I'm, I'm not saying just say yes to everyone. We've got to have wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. You see, this is what I've discovered in my, my Christian life. There are some people who won't let anybody do anything. Oh, they're not ready to be released yet. They need a bit more time. I love what it says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. It says this. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up wings as eagles. What's that? That's flying. They shall mount up wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. I don't know about you, but have you noticed the way God orders things here? If, if we were to write such things, we would, we would say it like this. We, we would say, no, you, you've got to walk first. You ever seen those people that just become Christians and they're like, they're like, I want to convert everybody in town. And one of us, you know, not here, but in the North Island, we were there. As older Christians say, calm down. Calm down. You've got to learn to walk first before you can fly. Well, friends, that's not the scripture I read. The scripture I say says, puts it in this order. You can fly. You can fly. You, and if you can't fly, run. And if you can't run, walk. Everybody say, tap the cage. We're going to tap the cage of people's lives. We're going to call things out. We've got, got to say to people, no, 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 man, you've got wings. You can fly. Uh, Chris, you've got your pilot's license. I can feel it right now. I want you to fly. I really knew he had a pilot's license, so that wasn't prophetic. We've got to understand that God's calling us to fly. We've got to tap the cage. We've got to open it up. We're not going to harness people and, and say, well, you just got to see when you're ready, when you're ready. Were we ever ready? Did God wait till you were perfect to use you? And if you say yes, you're lying. <laughs> and you need help. <laughs> The reality is I look at, I look at me and all my, uh, my, my things and hypocrisies and all the stuff that's in my life. And I always say, you know, people say, nah, church is full of hypocrites. And I say, there's always room for one more. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Because the reality is if, uh, uh, the truth about our lives. We, that's why we need God. It's His work in us. It's His power in us. It's to bring glory to him, not to say, how, look at me, look at me, look at me, how good I am. 
No, no, mate, mate, it's, it's to show his power at work. And through he chooses the foolish things. The foolish things. He's calling us to fly. If we can't fly, run. If we can't run, just walk. So we've got to have that faith like a child that does say, I believe I can fly. Get off the roof. <laughs> Come down. Sometimes we say, and when we see people zealous and passionate, we're, 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 we'll say, don't get too excited. Calm yourself down. Let them fly. Let, let's be a people uh, that work hard to do that. Let's work, be, be a church that works hard to see that take place. When, when you're looking at potential uh, 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 leaders, uh, uh, see that ability to fly in them and start tapping some cages. It's important. Can I have a couple of volunteers? You two? Just stand up on stage. Give me those two sheets of paper. <laughs> Fight. You hold that, Jerry. You hold that. Just hold it out. Yep, just hold it out like that. See, what religion does, this is what religion does. Religion says this, and this is what the Pharisees used to do. They'll say, change. Let's see you change. You come in our church, you've got to change, mate. We want to see some change. And then when you change, then you can follow. Then you can follow. We just want to see you better get that sorted out and you better get this sorted out and you better get that. That's what religion does. Let me, let me show you what Jesus does. Swap around. Just swap. No, no, you stay. Can you keep the paper? I oh, know it's difficult. It's complicated. Go around there. You got to see what Jesus does. As Jesus says this, follow me and you will change. Follow me. Oh, I can feel the Holy Ghost right there. Follow me and you will change. That's what he did to Zacchaeus, isn't it? Zacchaeus, I'm going to eat at your house. He didn't say, I mean, Zacchaeus like the worst of the worst, man. He was a sinner of sinners. And Jesus didn't say, well, you better change. Zacchaeus, you better change. You better Stop your evil ways. Hallelujah. You better stop it before you can, you, you can walk with me before I'll come and eat at your house. No, he didn't do that. He said, I'm coming to eat at your house today. And as, as Christ opened up to him, he started to follow him. Because he followed, he started to change as he allowed God. We've got to open our doors and allow people to come in here. And they're messed up and they're stuffed up. And they've got things going. Bro. But we, we just call them to follow. And as they follow Christ, how many know they're going to change? How many know that God came to eat at your house at one time? There, there was a place where he came, into, came through your door. He didn't say, you wait till you get perfect. You wait till you get everything because none of us would be ready. He just said, follow me and you will change. Would you thank my models, Barbara and Glenda, right now? Thank you. You can, you can sit down. Nice. Jesus opened the door for Zacchaeus. He opened the door for us. He tapped our cage. You know, we've learned this in our church and just with people, there were things. We used to have people come and we had all these things about you had to be here for this long and that long and do that. But I mean, we allow God to speak. Wisdom is always there. But there were just certain ones God said, no, just bring them in and help them start to follow. Just accept them. Just accept them. And we had, we had guys, there was one guy who came in and of course everybody's life is on Facebook these days and he'd be putting things on. For, he'd be worshipping Jesus on Sunday and putting boobs and babes on his Facebook on Monday. And I'd have people ringing me up saying, what is he doing? He's coming to church, doesn't he know? And of course the thing is, he's just a new Christian. He hasn't got a clue that he's supposed to hide it. <laughs> come on, come on. Uh, that he's supposed to keep it where nobody can see it. Lord, Jesus. 
He had no clue. And so, but here's the thing is he kept following. He, he began to change because people just accepted him like we are, like he is. And here's, we had another guy, and he's a young uh, Maori fella. He came and lived with us, and he'd been stealing and all types of things, and he came and lived with us for a few few months. And as he lived with us, he started uh, uh, to change, but he was still pretty wild. We had one youth meeting turn, uh, one week and, and 300 people turned up for this uh, uh, youth event. And we're like, look, it's gone crazy. And it, it really was crazy. We had uh, nine, nine police officers there. We had, I mean, you talk about awesome youth ministry, amen. We had uh, police units from Pyro because one college wanted to fight another college and they chose our youth ministry to do it. And so this Maori guy was there. He's been in jail. He's been in all types of things, but now he's youth security. And so I'm watching him over on the corner of our uh, uh, property there, and he's, he's, he's standing up to one, uh, one guy. And this is what he was saying to him. He's like, no, bro, I'm a Christian now. You throw the first punch. You throw it. And the, police, <laughs> the policeman's there going, oh, we better stop. We better stop him. We better stop him. But here's the thing. The other thing was that night, it, it, was actually, it was actually a cowboy and Indian night. So all the youth, so here he was a security. He was doing this while he was dressed in a little sheriff's uniform with a plastic gun and a little badge. And he's like, come on, bro, you throw the first punch. He looked a bit silly. But he'd come and we, we had him on host team because he was a friendly, friendly guy and stuff like, uh, like that. But, but the whole thing was, we just want to tap your cage. And he'd keep mucking up and he'd keep doing things wrong and he's still mucking up. And he's still, but we just keep loving, loving, loving because I know Christ loved me. Yeah. So I'm just going to love him. I'm not waiting for him to get perfect because I'm not perfect. He makes me perfect in him. I just keep speaking to him, there's more to you. Because as a pastor, listen, I tell you, I see so much stuff. And I decided a long time ago, I've stopped being a submarine. Thing. I'm not diving for dive, dive, dive. Let's go and look for something. I, I don't want to know. I want to, I'm like Schultz of Hogan's Harris. I know nothing. I don't want to know. People have got too many problems. I just want to preach the word. Tap some cages. And set some people's free and tell people, believe God's got a great plan for your life. You know, as I close today, I believe God's probably been speaking that maybe for you, you're locked up in some areas. Maybe for you, you're in a cage. Maybe for you, maybe you've been uh, um, battling with stuff and struggling and going through things and feeling Locked up, we <laughs> they're quietly walking on the stage. I can hear you. <laughs> As I close today, maybe you've been locked. In a cage, let's get real now. Maybe there are cages in your life that have held you captive and you need somebody to open it this morning. Jesus came to proclaim freedom. That same freedom I want to proclaim in this place today to the brokenhearted to those who are trapped, to those who are battling or struggling. I want to tap some cages today. Can we bow our heads for a moment? I want to take this opportunity to pray for you and with you. I'm not going to call anyone to the front. But if you're here and you know, man, I'm stuck. Pastor, I'm, I'm in a cage. I need somebody to open it for me. Maybe you've been a believer for years, and it's, but it's just kept you down. And I'm here today to tell you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. If you 
If you're here today and you just know, man, I'm, tr- I'm trapped. I'm trapped in a cage and I want to, I want that broken off my life today. Would you be bold enough and brave enough just to put your hand up and say, that's me, pastor, would you pray for me? Anybody here? Thank you. Anyone else? There's hands up nice and high. Thank you, down the back. Anyone else? You just know, come on. Don't stay in the cage any longer than you need to. Come on, I need, I know there's more. You know you need, there's stuff you're just battling with. It's just been over and over. We're speaking liberty and freedom. Jesus. Healing and breakthrough, oh Lord. We need you, we need you, we need you, we need you. Oh, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Slip those hands down. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So God, I pray right now for those who put their hands up this morning, who feel locked, who feel trapped. God, I pray, Father God, just in the name of Jesus, you came. You came to seek and to save. You came to proclaim freedom. Freedom to the prisoners. And so God, I speak to those who are feeling trapped. And I, in the name of Jesus, I tap on their cage. Come on. In the name of Jesus, come on, pray with me, people. I, we, we tap on their cage right now. We tap on their cage and proclaim freedom and healing. Let them fly in Jesus' name. Let them fly. Let them mount up wings and set forth from this day from this day on. This we ask in Jesus' name. Somebody say, I receive it. Go on, say it again. I receive it. Freedom. Liberty. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for having me here today. God bless you.